when results aren't uh, your best and you get from yourself uh, the best, you know, if your parent is pushing, is pushing, is pushing, you are not doing the, the, the big thing. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast, where we ignite the future by empowering our youth. I'm James McLean, your host, founder, and CEO of Generation Youth, and the author of the best-selling book, Tomorrow's Youth. Whether you're a parent, an educator, youth pastor, or coach, join us as we dive into the pressing issues facing our young people today. Together, We'll unlock the strategies, insights, and inspiration to elevate and equip our next generation. Stay with us, and let's make a difference, one youth at a time. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast. Renan, thank you for being my guest today. Thanks, Dan, for inviting me to this conversation. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'd, I also want to extend a really heartfelt gratitude and thank you for being a part of the Igniting the Next Generation Summit. You were a friend uh, and, and an invitation from uh, Tammy Matheny and you, your contributions. I really appreciate everything you've done. And I hope our audience has reached back and, and, and listened to, to your, your presentation as, as well as the 19 others that we did as well. So thank you for being a part of that as well. Yeah, there have been many, many amazing speakers there, and that summit was was great. And it's a good opportunity to to share some content and and people get some insight about youth sports. Yeah. Well, our audience is always curious about our guests, and they want to hear from you a little bit of an introduction. So, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself to our Generation Youth audience. Uh, well, um, I'm a former tennis player. Uh, I run a family business and I have this hobby about youth sports parenting. I have two kids. They, they are involved in tennis. They were heavily involved when they were young and I've made tons of mistakes. So uh, now with all that learning, I'm trying to share them with the audience and that's me. So you work with people who have, who are parents that have young athletes as well, correct? Yeah, I work with parents, with coaches, and yeah, mainly uh, because sometimes, you know, parents don't know that they have to uh, train themselves, you know, uh, that they think that, that kids are okay, and our behavior is very important in, in their uh, development. That is, tw uh, is something we need to hashtag and send out that parents need to train themselves. That. That one and I, I, that one I need to hear. Where were you about fifteen years ago when I had uh, my my oldest were starting to come through sports? <laughs> I, I, I was making all the possible mistake with my two kids when I fifteen years ago. You know, uh, I, I learned by, by doing, and you know something we we tend to to copy the the model that we have from our parents, wow. and in my case. Uh, I did that, and then at one moment, I have to change it. You change because there's a big event of repetition. And in my case, there was a big event because my eldest son quit tennis at 15. And then I realized that I have to change. So you're a former tennis player, and you had a son that quit at 15. How did that 
how did that affect you when, you know, they were like, Hey, I'm throwing up their hands. I know dad, this is your life, but I'm out. So. Uh, in fact, for me, it was a release. He was very good at under 10 and under 12. He played international uh, tournaments like Orange Bowl and Eddie Hare, and he was really good at it. And yeah, as, as a former tennis player, I was supposed not to make any mistakes. And I have a lot of pressure about from my family, my father-in-law, my father, uh, all were, were had all their eyes on, on my son, you know? And, and tennis was a big topic for all the family. And when he quit tennis, for me, it was a, a relief. And uh, I've written my, my first book after he quit. It's called My Son, the Tennis Player. <laughs> I like that. So now you mentioned in your presentation a statistic about how many youth quit sports and at what age. Would you repeat that uh, statistic for our audience today? Yeah, according to statistics, 75% of kids quit sports between ages 13 and 16, uh, never to return back. And that's a big thing. And having, having been through all the path, I can say that maybe a big responsibility is from us, from the parents, from the pressure we put on them, from delivering our expectations on their shoulders. And that's why I say that we have to train as parents to, uh, for our kids to develop in a healthier way and remain in sports. You know, after lockdown, I realized that sports is a big thing. Mm -hmm. That's three out of every four young people as they're at the end of middle school, beginning of high school here in the United States, that age group that are walking away from sports that they may have played for three or four years, whether it's recreation or being very competitive. Three out of every four, that's a high number. Uh, wow, that's that's kind of shocking to me that it's that high. Yeah, you know, sometimes kids start playing sports and it's fun and they maybe they become better at it. And at that moment, we parents jump on. And sometimes when you see your, your kid on the couch and they have to play basketball, and they don't want to go. And we say, hey, why don't you want to play? And, and, and that's a task for them instead of having fun. So there are small details that we have in our everyday interactions with our kids, you know, that are uh, eroding that uh, love for the game. You said that you thought that parents' attitude towards it might be one contributing factor. Do you think there are other reasons why uh, kids might be quitting sports at that age? Well, um, I think if you have the right environment, you have other kids that are involved in the same sport, you have a competitive head, and, and that's a big thing. Uh, I'm from Argentina, and, and in, for example, in tennis, uh, there are many boys playing tennis, and there aren't many girls. Mm. So when there's not many people involved, maybe... They, 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 they quit because they don't have enough competition or enough training. But I think parents have the main uh, issue in, in kids' development. Hmm, that's a, that's, so community, building friendships around them, you know, if those, those things don't happen, they're going to walk away as well. Um, hmm. All right, let's get back to the parent training because I was – when you were saying that and you were talking about them walking away, I, I, I remembered my oldest daughter. She's a swimmer. 
and uh, she's 23 now, and she's a teacher and a coach uh, at her high school and various things. But when she was very, and she was very competitive. She was uh, she was an all American in high school. But when she, um, we had a competition one time, Hernan, and and I remember seeing a new family at this competition. Their daughter was three or four years younger than mine. And the girl, it was clearly the girl's first or second meet she had ever swam in. And the dad was flipping out because she was not, I don't know, she was not the, the, you know, the young female Michael Phelps. I mean, that she was not diving into the pool and, and doing great stuff there. So I, I, I get you there with it's the parents contributing. So how can we train these parents to be a little bit better? I mean, what are some practical tips? Because I guarantee you somebody's listening. And they're thinking the same thing to me. I don't want to be that person that causes my kid to lose uh, their enthusiasm and, and their enjoyment. Uh, first of all, we have to realize that our kids model us. So they are watching us. They are not listening to our words. They are watching our actions. So uh, the first thing that we have in mind is that we parents have to have our own life, our own goals, because when, when our kids start in sports and they, are, and they are becoming good, we abdicate our life and we start living by our kids, you know? So it's important to separate and have a boundary. So you have your goal, you have your job, you have your physical activity. If, if your kid watch you and you watch two hours of, of TV, do you, do you think that he or she will go out of the field and play sports? Instead of, of, of telling your kid, hey, do your push-ups, you parent perform the push-ups and you become a better person. And that's a, a main thing for, for, for kids, you know. I love that, that they model it, because I'm thinking back now to when I was a baseball player around this same age, 13 to 15, one of the best players that I played with, a friend of mine, his name was Robert, he quit and walked away from sports. And I was like, why, are you, why is he doing this? His dad was our coach all through school, but, oh, that's why. His dad was so overzealous, and he, he made it almost unenjoyable for his son. Um, wow. So kids model after us. What other kind of tips do we have to help the, train these parents? Well, sometimes it happens that we make it easier for them. Uh, for example, if, you, if your kid plays tennis or plays soccer, we prepare their staff and we carry their bags and, and we make it all easier for them. And, and sports is about overcoming adversity so you can be better prepared for life. So, so kids have to prepare their own stuff. They have to take care of their own things. And that's a big thing that I was mistaken because you think that your 10-year-old kid can handle the bag, no, because it's too heavy. They have to carry their bag. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. And I'm trying to think back. I was pretty at, I, I coached my son in baseball and he still plays uh, on col uh, college rec teams, not a college competitive team, but on co-ed, you know, the intramurals and that type of things. And in the rec league in our city, not, not on competitive level in college. But uh, when we were coaching through this age and stuff, I was pretty adamant about the fact that, you're going to have to keep, you know, and take responsibility for your own thing. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when you said that was, is that I, I it took me a while to teach, <laughs> to help this young boy when he was six or seven, just to remember 
his all his uniform parts when we would get in the vehicle to go. Do you have everything? We'd get about a block down the road, and I would say, where's your hat? Oh, it's in my bedroom. Are you kidding me? You got to turn and go get the hat now. So that's an important part, being able to, to, to not make it too easy for them, to help them. Yeah, you know, there's an interesting story about Richard Williams when, when Venus had her first uh, WTA match, professional match at 15. They were at the room and she was very excited. And he said to her, you have all your stuff with you? Yeah, I have all that. And he repeated the question two times. And then he, they went to the, to, the, to, the, to the club, to the stadium. She was warming up and she recalled that she left her dress on the hotel. And Richard Williams had seen that dress at the hotel and he didn't say nothing. He let her make the mistakes. And then she had to go back to the hotel, fetch the dress and go to the, yeah. to the tournament. So uh, I don't think I have the courage to do that, you know, but he was raising champions. Yeah. Hmm. Any other things we got, you know, the kids will model us. We, we don't want to make it too easy for them. I hope parents are taking notes on this because I'm taking notes. Y'all need to be taking notes like I am. So what else we got? Uh, you have a big one uh, that I was guilty about it is watching our kids practices. Uh, that's a, a mustn't a thing that you don't have to do to watch their practice because there they create the bonding with the coach and, and with the other, the, the other mates, you know. And if you are there, that chemistry won't happen. Mm. They, they, they try to please you and they are being pressured by you. So uh, I think that if you have to, to, to give them a ride to a practice, you can read a book, you can be in another place or go for a walk, but not being there watching every detail because after that practice, they're going to share every insight with him or her. And they don't want to listen to you. Oh, that's a good point. And I'm thinking about what times when I was a coach. Maybe this is just in my experience. It seemed like the dads were the ones who wanted to watch the practices the most. Uh, where the moms would be more. They would sit in the bleachers, but you could tell they were not paying attention. They were doing other stuff. Where I had to run dad, dad and we were baseball. I had to run dads off the field before. Y'all need to get off the field. I don't need you here. I got coaches. Thank you. Yeah, yeah maybe women learn to handle better than, than men. Uh, for example, my mom was there and she didn't say a word, you know, and my dad was kind of more pushy. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe female can handle better that, that thing. But it's, it's a big thing. And unless practices in matches, we have to be there to 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 support him or her. And in that case, we have to be very aware of our body language because it happened, it happened to me that when my kid was playing, I, I was kind of afraid because I knew when he was going to win or when he was going to lose. And we transmit the, the way we feel, you know? So being a, having a, a good posture and good body language is key in, in tournaments. I think, uh, Hernan, when I, I think about the two kids that I have had that have completed their athletic, youth athletic uh, careers, my daughter being a swimmer probably got less input and less for, from the family because that's such a 
you know, we never watch practices there. We drop them off. I mean, it was kind of boring to watch practices, to be very honest with you. But my <laughs> son, because I was a baseball player growing up and I was his coach for a lot of the times, he got a little bit more of, of me. And, um, you know, he could hear mom or me at, at games, you know, cheering or, or giving instructions when we shouldn't give. But my daughter said she never heard us, you know, at, at all, even though, you know, my wife might cheer as loud as she could. She couldn't hear her in the water. She was just swimming. So I'm wondering, I, I can see that those problems that we had, you know, don't watch their practices and, and don't make it too easy. Um, there definitely was some differences on the ways we raised these two athletes. Yeah, and, and there are some cases when, you know, something when you are cut off of a team or maybe when you are in a lower group, it happened to me when I was 13 or 14, you know, when, when kids grow up and I, I remain short and I was practicing in a club and there was a big group and they split it. Group A, the, the good ones, and group B. And I was supposed to be on the group A, but I was delivered to group B and I was uh, really upset, you know, but that was a, a big thing for me because I was the best in group B mm. and the coach played all the time with me and I have all his attention and I play every match inside the group and I win every match. And after six months and a year, I start beating all the guys of group A. So when your kids are cut off from, from some team, uh, don't, don't get mad at it because uh, he or she has to recover. And, and the other thing that I remember when I was 13, I, I, was, I wasn't gifted and I, I almost lost every match in the year. And my father had a conversation with me and I said, if I want to switch sports because I, I wasn't winning and my, my sister was riding horses, you know, and I said, no, no, I want to keep, keep making in tennis, you know, and, and that was my drive, you know, mm -hmm. and then I, I, I make it in tennis. But uh, there are some times that when, when you're done, when, when results aren't uh, your best and you get from yourself uh, the best, you know, if your parent is pushing, is pushing, is pushing, you are not doing the, the, the big thing. I really like to, some of the points you made, especially on when they're modeling us, that parents need to have their own life and their own goals because I see so many parents trying to live vicariously through their children or reliving their childhood experience. I mean, that's almost, that's almost the stereotype parent now in the United States is, Hey, that, that dad in the stands that, you know, is reliving his football days or that mom on the sideline reliving her volleyball days, you know, Hey, that, you know, and trying to, relive their glory through it and it really does put that undue pressure on them that they want to walk away from it that they don't want to be excited yeah you know something uh maybe you have a kid and you are 40 45 and you're still very young to do that you know you have a way to go you can do many things and but there's some kind of magnet you know with your kids and with sports and i think that, that's a good uh, point. That's a good analogy. There's a magnet. I like that. There's this this magnet, and and I I recommend uh, therapy, psychological therapy, once a month, once every two months, to, to unload all the things you have because, as you say, you you watch parents talking to other parents about how good his kid or his daughter is, 
And it isn't that way, you know, you have to, to talk to the right people that can give you a good advice. I had a I had a parent one time on a game that I was coaching. I had to ha- ask to leave the field because he was not only was he on his son's case, he was trying to overcoach his son and and have his son do stuff that was against what our coaching staff had agreed upon. And so I just finally told him to leave. And I was working with another coach one time that had to do the same thing, that had to walk a dad up out of earshot of everybody and have a conversation with him and say, hey, you, you've got to lay off this kid. You're going to ruin him. And the kid never came back, to my knowledge, after that. But it's you got a good point. that they Some folks need to kind of have someone to talk to to air it out. So You know something? When you're a coach and, and you have a dad that knows something about the sport, you have a problem because maybe you have plan A for the kid and they have plan B and it happened that they are in the field and you say plan A and they say plan B and, and that's a mess. And once I, I, I have a conversation with a psychologist and he said to me, father and son, there are two successful models, totally relaxed or 100% control. All in the middle, it tends to fail. You know, oh. I, I tend to, to go to totally relaxed, but I, I didn't relax 100%, you know, because as a former tennis player, you know things and maybe you talk to the coach and, and you share some insights and, and the relationship starts eroding. So, yeah. So this psychologist says that the models that tend to work the best are either 100% control or 100% relaxed that any kind of mesh in the middle maybe messes with their mind too much because they don't know what the expectations are? No, but you start, yeah, as, as you say, that that, that uh, starts uh, trying to add his insight to the game or, you know, if you rely on a coach, you're 100% on the coach. So you don't have to say what the coach has to perform. You are the dad and you just watch your kid and that's it. But if you are the dad and the coach, that's another thing. And, and, and the, the endings aren't very, very nice, about 100% control. Uh, it's very rough, and there are some bad cases. Uh, but, well, Richard Williams did very well at that point, and many others did wrong. You know, there's no uh, 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 to do thing. But if I, I prefer, when I was in charge, I prefer the relaxed uh, version, you know. And I think we too often hear about the success stories of these 100% control dads, like the Williams dad, like Tiger Woods dad, you know, that had that kind of, I'm on it, uh, where we don't hear as much about the other ones that are kind of laid back and here's what happened. Yeah, you have the case of Roger Federer and you, you never heard about Roger Federer or Pete Sampras, Pete Sampras the father was walking downtown while he was winning the last U.S. Open. So there are some cases, but they are not the most popular, you know. Yeah. Like Michael Phelps's mom, she just st- stood in the, sat in the stands and, and cheered him on. She freely admitted she didn't know what he was technically doing in the water, but he was obviously one of the greatest that's ever been in the water. So. Yeah, but you know something, Michael Phelps, uh, his mind is, is unbelievable. 
his mind is, is so great. So that mom for sure did something right, for sure. Yes. Yeah, she did. There's a lot. That'd be a whole other podcast. What do you do before they start the sports to get them in the right uh, mindset or what's going forward on this? You mentioned books that you've written. Tell me about the books that you've written. Uh, I've written My Son, the Tennis Player, and um, Parent Shift, The Skills You Need to Become a Super Parent. That's my, my latest about sports parenting. And then I've written a self-development book that is called Put Your Mask On First. Uh, it's about all my, the insights I, I gain and, and healthy habits I have because I, I realized maybe three or four years ago when I shifted my parenting model that I, I have to work on myself and I started doing it. You just hit upon something that's kind of something that I preach on is that if you want to have good kids, you got to be, you got to work on yourself first. You got to work on yourself as a parent, not working on your kids. To me, people try to read books on how I can affect these kids and they don't read books about how I can be better myself. Uh, which goes back to what you said, you know, they model us. So if we're jerks, they may model that. So uh, as we go forward, tell me about Parent Shift, about that book, Parent Shift. I was looking that up today in preparation for our call. Uh, in fact, that book, uh, the genesis of the book was a presentation I have to give in English. Uh, it was at the Winning Summit. I have uh, 10 pages written, 12 pages. And I say, okay, let's let's move on and maybe continue writing it and and let's make it a book and yeah it have 25 chapters and every chapter uh is is one topic maybe practice maybe after matches and uh family issues and all the other things and then it turned to a course because um as i told you earlier repetition is key and and with a course you can you can do it every day you know you read a book maybe once maybe twice but with a you can you can watch a two three minute video and perform a task and you have one task every day and you start mm. shifting your paradigm you start shifting that the way you you think the way you react and the way you uh you have your interactions with your children you know i love that that there's just little bitty things that you can do to help move yourself forward. That's powerful. I don't think people appreciate that as much as they should. You know something, we are, we are uh, uh, the, the, the result of our habits, you know, and, and there's a compound interest. If, if you eat unhealthy one day, nothing happens. But if you eat unhealthy one month in a row, things are going wrong, you know, and maybe when you do 10 push-ups a day, things don't happen. But after one month of push-ups every day, you start seeing something in your body, you know. So every day you have to, to make some step, you know, some step forward. And your kids notice that, you know. You know, something I got a little story because four years ago I was in, in the USA because my younger, my elder kid that quit tennis, then he mm -hmm. came back again and went to college in the USA. And my younger kid said to me, Hey, Dad, you don't speak English. I don't know what you're speaking, but that's not English. And that was, and that was tough, you know? That was tough. And I started working on my English, you know? And I launched uh, the podcast one month ago, the Youth Sports Parenting Tribe, and he performed the music. So he had to listen to the intro. He didn't listen to the content, but he had to listen to the intro. 
And he said to me, you, you're faking some British accent. So there was a shift, you know, from you don't speak in English at all to you're speaking some British accent. And there was something in the middle, you know, and there was some work. Well, I, I'm thinking now when you talked about accents and stuff, how our audience that's listening to us only is wondering, uh, with your accent and my accent, let's hope that someone has actually understood what we're saying here. I don't care about my accent. I said to my kid, I'm trying to do the best I can, you know? Well, I speak Southern English very well, I think. So, I mean, how can our audience connect with you to learn more about this parent shift, that, that help them shift their paradigm as, as they, because I, I believe every parent really wants to raise children that appreciate and love and have a passion for for sports and athletics and, and, and this type of adventure, but they don't know what they're doing sometimes. So how can they connect with you to learn more? Well, uh, you have my website, fernandchosa.com, but the first thing they have to have in mind is that they have to change. Mm. They aren't doing their 100% right now. And that's a, a, a difficult thing for a parent to, to realize. Uh, in my site, I have uh, free content. You can sign for my newsletter. Um, you can search my, my books, my courses, my podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of information there. I interview former athletes. I interview authors, uh, PhDs. You can listen to everything, but you have to work on yourself. And that's the main thing. Well, Hernan, thank you for your contribution to the summit. Thank you for our conversation today. And I was very sincere. I wish that the content, the information that you had given and that, that others have shared with me on these similar topics, I wish I had known this 15 years ago. Uh, I wish I had known this when you know my son, who's now 20, was five and, or four and five and just starting his career that I had known this. I think my daughter benefited a lot because she was drawn to a sport that that I didn't know as much about and in the dynamics of it kind of kept parents out of it anyway. But my son was drawn to sports that dad did. And so I knew more about it, you know, and I could, you know. Uh, James, we, we did the best we, we could with the information we had at that moment. And now we are sharing all the information we gather. And that's the best thing we can do. Well, thank you so much for your time and audience. All the links uh, to his website and to his book are going to be in the show notes. So if you're listening, go to your app and you can find the show notes there. You'll find the direct links there. If you're watching on YouTube, obviously just look down, hit the more button and you'll see the comments there. Someone audience, thank you for sticking with us this long, but someone that you know, if you're stuck with us this long, that means you're finding value in what we're saying. And you know someone who needs to hear this message. So please like and comment and share on this so that this message can be spread and others can be helped. Thank you, Hernan, for your time today. Thank you, audience. And we'll see you again next time on the Generation Youth Podcast. And there you have it. Another impactful episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. To all of our listeners out there, remember to hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform so you can never miss an episode. Want to be a part of the Generation Youth community? 
follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll keep you connected with all of our upcoming episodes and inspiring initiatives. You're not just a listener here. You're a catalyst for change. Together, we're building a future filled with promise, potential, and endless possibilities. This journey is just starting. So keep tuning in, keep growing, and let's continue uplifting our youth one episode at a time. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, let's keep sparking inspiration and igniting the future.